Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland is set to speak at World Economic Forum in Davos. The CBC acknowledged an inaccurate fact of Conservative leader Pierre Polyev in a recent publication. A Quebec man pleaded guilty to 14 counts of arson during this past summer's wildfire season. Hello Canada, it's Thursday, January 18th, and this is the True North Daily Brief. I'm Isaac Lamoureux. And I'm Noah Jarvis. We've got you covered with all the news you need to know. Let's discuss the top stories of the day and the True North exclusives you won't hear anywhere else. Justin Trudeau's top minister has suddenly been added to the list of speakers at the World Economic Forum in Davos. Deputy Prime Minister Christian Freeland is the sole Canadian government official set to address the elite gathering on Thursday. Her office has yet to release an official press statement regarding her hasty inclusion. The conference is centered around the theme of rebuilding trust this year, and it has not disclosed its attendee list. Global Affairs Canada did not respond to a request for comment from True North about whether any representatives from the Canadian government would be attending. The panel Freeland is set to participate in is titled No Recovery Without Trade and Investment, and aims to address the current trade tensions facing the global economy. Freeland is not a newcomer to the World Economic Forum. As a member of the Forum's Board of Trustees, she regularly attends its annual meeting. Last year, she participated in discussions focused on peace and security. Follow True North's coverage of the WEF conference at www.tnc.news. A lot of our audience has asked why True North is covering the World Economic Forum. Noah, why do you think it's crucial for independent outlets like True North to be there? Well, it's simple. The World Economic Forum is influential and it does affect the policies, uh, not not just being uh, effectuated in Canada, but also worldwide. As you previously noted, uh, Christian Freeland is a member of the Board of Trustees and she frequents uh, World Economic Forum events. And when she goes down to those events, it's not as if she's just going there to, you know, say her spiel and then just leave immediately. No, she's there to attend uh, these uh, panels, discussions, and she's there to talk to the people down there, uh, and they influence one another. And when Christian Freeland goes down to the World Economic Forum, she's bringing those ideas back to Canada, and it can result in different policies that uh, Canadians will be affected by. So uh, m- many of the things that the World Economic Forum says are is replicated in Canada. And also, it is important that we acknowledge that Christian Freeland, a member of cabinet, is on the board of trustees of a nonprofit organization. Uh, what sort of influence uh, is she having on uh, the World Economic Forum at, with her role as a member of the Canadian, not just the Canadian Parliament, but also as a cabinet man, minister? So there's a lot of things uh, to be worried about by the world uh, about the World Economic Forum, the types of policies that they push for, and the type of influence that they have on our politicians. The state broadcaster acknowledged an inaccurate fact check of conservative leader Pierre Polyev in a recent publication. In December, Polyev released a documentary style video titled Housing Hell, How We Got Here and How We Get Out, in which the conservative leader delves into Canada's housing crisis. The video amassed millions of views on social media platforms. On January 12th, the CBC published its own video in an attempt to fact check Polyev. The report titled Housing Experts Weigh In on Polyev's latest video features so-called housing experts and what they quote thought Polyev's video got right and what it missed. As first reported by Blacklock's reporter four days after the CBC published its fact check, the state broadcaster issued a correction. On the CBC's corrections and clarifications page, it states quote, in a video presenting housing experts reaction to the conservative party's video about housing affordability, 
CBC incorrectly referred to average monthly mortgage costs when evaluating the video's claim that it takes 66% of the average monthly income to make monthly payments on average single detached Canadian house. In fact, the conservative video claim refers to median income and home ownership costs, which include property taxes, utilities, and other costs not mentioned in the conservative video. CBC wanted to say that its video, quote, has been edited to remove inaccurate mortgage comparisons and clarify information about the report. So Isaac, this is the latest blunder by the CBC when it comes to getting facts correct and specifically when it comes to getting facts correct when it pertains the conservative party. Uh, do you think that this is just another mistake that can, uh, can you ignore from the CBC? Or do you believe that this is a real affront to the CBC's credibility? Yeah, no, uh, I, I do think it's problematic. Firstly, uh, I don't think that the CBC should have been designated as a fact checker, considering, in my opinion, they essentially function as an arm of the government, given that they received $1.3 billion in funding from the federal government last year, which, by the way, still wasn't enough for them to avoid layoffs, and they barely turned a profit. Despite their government funding, the CBC had over $2 billion in expenses and turned a revenue of just $650 million. Also, this isn't the first time the CBC has had to retract something, and I've read things in articles they've written in the past, for example, that just simply aren't true. Uh, that, And in, in my opinion, those usually go as far as pushing a narrative that the federal government would be in favor of. Logical deduction of that would imply that these mistakes might even be uh, intentional or, or even at instruction of the government. When I checked Pierre's video today, it had 4.6 million views. The federal government cannot be happy with the attention that it has drawn. Also, when I was looking for the video, it was harder to find than I had expected, and I wonder what effect the prior fact check had on this. Noah, we know the amount of influence that social media websites have had on elections in the past specifically, which frankly, I think is one of the biggest issues we still haven't necessarily learned how to properly handle as a democratic society. How do you think we can hold these social media websites accountable during elections and make sure that no interference occurs? Well, I think the Canadian public just needs to do a better job at being vigilant when it comes to fact-checking sources for themselves. I mean, at the end of the day, social media platforms are relying far too much on fact-checkers that have their own biases, even even though you label yourself as a fact checker, the people doing the fact checking, you know, perhaps lean to the center left or perhaps lean center right. Uh, you just don't know who is behind the fact check and what is influencing the fact checkers. For example, Snopes uh, is a known fact checker, but you know, quite frankly, the type of fact checks that they do on a day to day basis are fact checks of conservatives and they rarely, if ever, fact check, say, President Biden's uh, errors. Uh, similarly, the CBC is just very much known for having a left-wing bias uh, and being pro-government. Uh, so the social media platforms have to take those fact checks with a grain of salt, uh, not necessarily take what they, what these fact checkers have to say uh, with whole cloth, but instead they need to consider the fact that these social media platforms ought to be platforms for free speech. And if people want to call out uh, misinformation or just completely wrong information, uh, people should be uh, people should be encouraged to do that in the comment section and in, say, retweets. Uh, so it should be on the people, uh, the Canadian people, to do the fact checking, not these government broadcasters who have their own bias. A Quebec man has pleaded guilty to starting 14 fires during Canada's wildfire season this past summer. 38-year-old Brian Perret has pleaded guilty to 13 counts of arson and one count of arson with disregard for human life. The fires took place between May 29th and September 5th, 2023. 
Prosecutor Mary Philippe Chahan informed the court that out of the 14 fires ignited by Paray, two led to the evacuation of approximately 500 homes in Chapay, Quebec, a small community situated about 425 kilometers northwest of Quebec City, according to the Canadian press. Chibugamu is a small town that was also affected by last summer's fires. The fires caused all 7,500 residents to be displaced from their homes, according to the counter signal. Murray posted videos of the fires on his Facebook page, which still remain up. The Quebec man in the comments of these videos claimed that the fires were intentionally started by the Canadian government and other, quote, elites to progress their 2030 agenda. Noah, this is obviously a very serious crime and he should face the full extent of the law, but does this story prove just how wrong the media and politicians were during the wildfire season? Well, it is irresponsible for the media to just jump to conclusions when a wildfire starts in, say, Western Canada, because as this story shows, it is unclear how wildfires start. Sure, uh, wildfires could start because there's dry wood just laying in the forest, but a lot of wildfires are started by uh, people. And to just irresponsibly come out and label every single wildfire as an example of just climate change, it, it is irresponsible. And, you know, the, the left, they love to accuse the right of pushing misinformation and disinformation. Well, what is misinformation and disinformation if not this, if not pointing to wildfires that were uh, created by men that was actually uh, not a form of climate change. So Isaac, I have a question for you. What approach do you think the media should take when uh, wildfires uh, break out? Uh, do you think they should just you know jump to conclusions and blame climate change or should they take a different tact? Well, Noah, as you said, you know, certain media had published stories uh, about wildfires claiming that they were climate change without having any proof to back that up. So realistically, and they should do this for all stories, not just wildfire stories or climate change stories, you should be able to confirm what you're saying. If you don't know it's true, then I, I, I don't feel that you should be publishing those articles. And this kind of ties back to what I, I was saying previously about the CBC and them saying things that might not be true, which align with the federal government ideologies. When I was researching this story, for example, I found an article by the CBC claiming that 700 forest fires burned over 4.5 million hectares of Quebec forest over the summer, and they said that 99.9% .9 were sparked by lightning. However, when I looked up the data myself, the most recent data available published by the National Forestry Database showed that in 2020, Quebec had around 1,300 fires, 572 of which were caused by human activity, only 138 by lightning, two by prescribed burn, and 625 were unspecified. This accounted for 10%. Only 10% were caused by lightning, a stark difference from the 99.9%. .9%. And then I found even more recent data from the Canadian interagency Forest Fire Center's 2022 report, again showing that this time only 8.7% of fires in Quebec were natural. The rest were human-caused. Even the Montreal Gazette published an article around the same time the CBC did, saying that 80% of fires were caused by human activity. So, given all of this data, how is it in any realm possible that 99.9% .9 of fires, as the CBC claimed, were caused by lightning? I, I just don't see a world where that's true. That's it for today, folks. Make sure to check in at www.tnc.news throughout the day for all the news you need to know. Also, please keep an eye out for The Andrew Lawton Show from Davos later today and ratioed with Harrison Faulkner. Thanks for tuning in. Don't forget to share our work with your friends and neighbors. And if you're able, please consider supporting independent media at donate.tnc.news. Bye.